I tell you what, Ryan, let's go ahead and get started. We have uh, Carla. We've got her on audio, right? We do. We do. Hi, Carla. Yes, I'm here. Thanks hey. for having me. Awesome. And we have Madison. Um, we are also looking for James. And so, James Pound, if you are out there, please raise your hand. Um, not that we have that many uh, folks here, but... Um, oh, wait. We do have another special guest, though. Oh, we do. And who is our other special we, guest? We do. We have another special guest. <gasps> he, he just came oh, in. Oh, and look at that. The boss <laughs> is here. Uh-oh. Be good. The boss is here. <laughs> <laughs> we are happy to welcome Mr. Troy Attilio. Troy, we are we are filling time a bit on this podcast because some of our guests are not quite here yet. But since you are here, I want to welcome everyone to our UK Explorer call and introduce our CEO, Mr. Troy Attilio. Hello, Troy. Hello, everyone. I'm sitting here in warm San Diego and it's, uh, what is it, 10 in the morning? But I'm wondering kind of what's going on in the UK always. And I'm really excited. I think it's my second Explorer call with the UK. And I'm looking forward to the, the interaction or what we're going to talk about. Yay. Well, this time around, we are going to start off with a little bit of a review of everything that went out. We know that most of you or many of you in the UK are new explorers, but some of you have been around for a while. So these things uh, are important to you and you, you kind of know the difference of what we're talking about. On August 25th, offers will change. Our free five-minute offer will be changing. And instead of that offer being applicable to every call, oops, um, to every call, that offer will now be if you are a guest, in other words, if you don't have a paid plan, you will get one call per day, one call of up to five minutes per day. And there will be a timer in the app that will show you when you can make your next call. If you have a paid plan, you get one call every four hours of up to five minutes in length free. So the free five minutes at the beginning of each call on a paid plan, that will be gone as of the 25th. However, However, we have two things that are opening up for you that are going to help you get some additional minutes besides our Amplify August offer, which is still going on through the end of the month. If you refer somebody, you get one hour, they get one hour of IRA time. But we have Ryan... Drum roll, please. Gift cards. Oh, I thought you. Were, uh, yeah, you, you were. You were wondering where is she going? What is she doing? I'm. Yeah. <laughs> That's not all, though. There's That's more. not all. We have gift yeah. cards. Uh, the gift cards, which we had last. December for the holidays. They were wildly popular. So the gift cards come in amounts of twenty-five fifty. And now let me wait. I'm confusing that with something else. Okay. You're confusing that with something else. <laughs> I am confusing it with something else. So the gift cards come in amounts of $30, $50, and $100. And those dollars, which we're going to call IRA cash, can be applied to either paying for a monthly plan or the big new thing, purchasing add-on minutes. Now, you've been able to purchase add-on minutes for a while, but you've had to wait 
until you've used up 95% of your paid minutes. And sometimes that's problematic for folks. So we flip that over. And now you only have to use 5% of those paid minutes. And you can buy add-on minutes, which do not go away from month to month as long as you have a paid plan. And those minutes are... $30 for 25 minutes, 50 for 50, and $90 for 100 minutes. And Dean had asked a very relevant question here. If you have people that are sharing your paid plan, do they get to have the one call every four hours? And the answer to that is yes. As long as uh, everyone using the, pan the plan is a paid customer, which you all would be if you're sharing a plan with folks, we don't get into how you divvy that up, uh, but you would be considered paid customers and you would all be eligible for that one call every four hours for the free call. All righty. So I'm going to throw this over to Troy to kind of elaborate a little bit and kind of give his thoughts on where we are and, and kind of where we're going now for our UK folks. Let's see. Uh, Janine and my apologies. So where we're going with the UK or where we're going in general? Well, with, we're going probably where we're going in general with yeah. these offers and, you know, kind yeah, of sure. where so, we're all going. So, you know, I don't know if, I'm sure not everyone uh, read the quote CEO newsletter. Um, my commitment is to send out a newsletter at least once every other month I, or, or at least once a month so that I can communicate like how Ira is thinking about the future, um, share changes and of course the five minute free was uh something we thought about for a long time because as a company um, we're looking to be here for the long haul right and we want to be sustainable and um as i outlined in that letter and i'm repeating it for those of you who, who may have read it um frankly it's just it was an experiment that we launched um gosh last august yeah can you believe uh, it's been a year it's been a year and the idea was pretty simple. Like, let's if we if we move um, some 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 people call it a paywall, but if we if we change the experience so that more people can engage Ira um, more frequently, then we know that if it's the right thing for them to use at scale, that you know they're they're going to come into a subscription. Of course, you know we're we're a company like any, whether you're for profit or nonprofit, you have to pay the people who do the work. And um, one way we we you know, get revenue is from subscribers. We also get revenue from access partners um, as well. So, so that's a way we kind of further extend the service without burdening the, uh, you know, the paying customer. We launched five minute free with again, the idea that if we could just provide IRA for these short experiences, um, that would get more folks comfortable with the service, learn that they can do a lot in five minutes. And guess what? The, the audience figured out how to do quite a bit with five minute. In fact, uh, as a detail I haven't shared before, our average call length used to be much longer um, before five minute free. It was about on average nine minutes. We've had calls up to hours and we've had calls as short as a minute, but that was the average. And since five minute free, it's come down. But what we couldn't look away from was the increasing usage. And, um, you know, it just got to a point where that was getting consumed more and more to the point we weren't looking very sustainable, right? And then you layer COVID on top of that, where these access partners, these business partners who pay for IRA service um, are also kind of in a bit of a, a bind, uh, many of them, because, you know, all of a sudden 
the economics and, and it's not business as usual. So there's like, you know, it, it, these deals take longer. So I'd say the combination of those two things and realizing that 55% of our calls were five minute free calls. I mean, that's amazing. Oh. Um, and realizing that, uh, you know, we, we need to be sustainable and doing some math. It's like, okay, this, this isn't sustainable. In fact, I'll tell you one other thing, like, um, that, um, we didn't cover in the U S call, but, um, I don't know if we covered five minute free. I wasn't able to attend, but know that the, um, there, a lot of folks were using five minute free in what we call back to back mode. So I, I don't blame anyone for doing this. Like, Hey, if I could, you know, um, if I could, you know, keep, going back and getting more free of something I really like to do, I'm, I'm going to do it, right? If you're not stopping me and it's there, like, why not? But we had a lot of folks who call up, use five minutes and call back immediately and try to continue the call. Obviously not as intended, but again, I can't blame anyone for trying to make use of something that's valuable to them. So the net of it is uh, we, you know, we, we introduced these new, um, you know, call it constraints or just an, a new operating uh, procedure where, as, as we described, that, you know, there's kind of a wait time. And again, the goal is to, you know, have IRA be sustainable. And we may change this. We may, who knows? Like we may find uh, that was too aggressive and, and maybe we'll, we'll, we'll have another way to access free that's more regular. Like we don't know. And this is why we love IRA, right? Because it's pioneering something that's never been done before. And my job, our job is to unlock the best way to deliver the service to everybody. And um, I would say to the folks on the, on the call, like your job is to give us that feedback and help us find that path. Because um, we certainly don't know everything. And, you know, we have, you know, we don't have unlimited budget and unlimited staff. So we, we try and be very careful about what we do. Um, so that's a lot of talking, um, but hopefully that kind of explains uh, where we are. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Troy, for elaborating on that for everyone. And folks, if you have any questions at all, please absolutely email us, uh, give us a support call. Um, you know, we're here to talk to you. So we are very transparent. We have nothing to hide and uh, we want you to be comfortable using the service. We know a lot of you are new and you're kind of discovering exactly how to make the best out of IRS. So, on that note, um, Ryan, do we have Robin Spinks from RNIB with us in our audience? We do have Robin. Awesome. Well, let's bring him on because we are very pleased and excited to have Robin with us from RNIB to talk a bit about our partnership. Because one of the things when we do uh, go live into a new market, it's very important to have a partner in that market to actually help us reach the consumers to be our local touchstone in that market. And hello, Robin, and welcome to the IRA Explorer call. Hello, everyone. Hi, it's really nice to talk to you. It's Robin here. Uh, I'm just checking that everyone can hear me. I think we can. absolutely yep, can. We can. Yes, great. Sir. It's really good to be on board. Uh, several years ago, since I first experienced IRA in the United States. Uh, I'm speaking to you today from the east coast of Bonnie, Scotland, uh, opposite Edinburgh. And I travel around the UK and internationally doing innovation work for RNIB. And I was really struck when I was first introduced to IRA about the potential to enable people to be more independent. So 
I have a low vision condition. I was born with it and I've grown up with the same level of vision. So I don't have any sense of vision loss or deficit. But what I do know is that I can see about 10% of what fully sighted people can see with best correction. So straight away, I recognised that IRA could be hugely valuable, helping people to orientate, particularly around large buildings. So my one of my... Um, kind of talked about or often talked about use cases is using IRA inside a conference centre to, to kind of find a conference room or perhaps using it in a supermarket to find a specific product. Um, and it's just, there are so many opportunities to use it. It's a, an invaluable tool. So at RNIB, we're really delighted to be partnering with, with IRA um, to be sharing the story of what is possible to do but also to be talking to companies um, and to the kind of organisations Jane mentioned, so museums and visitor attractions and so on. And really, you know, one of the big challenges that every organisation right now has is in this post uh, kind of lockdown world that we find ourselves in, people are understandably fearful to go out and about and to travel around independently. So from our point of view, you know, anything that can make life easier for people, that can give people a bit more confidence, can enable them to socially distance more easily um, and can enable people to get out and about and just do what you want to do, do the thing that you want to do and feel less different um, because you happen to be like me, visually impaired. Just feel like I'm using what is a concierge service to enable me to achieve something, whether it's to read something on a screen that's inaccessible to you, whether it's to um, find your way around a supermarket and find a product that you need, or maybe it's something completely different. So, you know, we're, we're very excited about the partnership. We're very excited to see where this goes. Um, we'd love to hear from you. If you guys on the call have experiences of using IRA, we'd love to hear how you've got on, what kind of things it's done for you, uh, what it's enabled you to do differently, perhaps. Um, and we're still learning. You know, we're, we're using it on a regular basis. We're learning what it can deliver uh, for us as individuals who happen to be visually impaired. But we also really want to hear your stories. What, what has it enabled you to do? And, you know, where can you see an opportunity to use this kind of service? So, you know, my background is in employment. I'm a careers advisor. I've done a lot of job retention cases. And I'm, I have to say I'm really excited about the potential to make IRA available as an access to work um, support, if you like, so that, you know, your options as an individual aren't just about would you like a support worker and X pieces of equipment and software you've actually got something else to throw into the mix, something like a concierge service like Ira. So I think, you know, from a workplace point of view, I think there are many applications for this. Um, and we're just getting started, you know. So we'd love to hear how you've used Ira at work, um, how you think you could use it. What would make it easier for, for people to just kind of get this added level of support? Um, and, you know, what, what do you want to see organisations like RNIB doing? Do you know, we're, we're very open. Mm. We're always keen to hear people's new ideas. 
as I said, we'll be talking to employers, we'll be talking to mobile networks, we'll be talking to lots of different stakeholders um, about the potential to use this in ways that will make people's experiences better. Um, and I just imagine out and about, you find yourself in any environment, whether it's an airport or a shopping centre or it's a national museum, and you just want that extra bit of assistance. Maybe you're a dad like I am and you've maybe got a fully sighted child that's asking you something and you just want that really quick little bit of spot assistance. Um, and I think anything that can enable that to be quicker and more accessible and easier, I think, has to be applauded. So we're, we're super excited about this. We'd love to hear your stories and we're really looking forward to, to working with the, the guys at IRA going forward and, and just seeing what we can do with this and working on it together. Wow, well, we are definitely excited to work with RNIB, Robin. And one of the things that um, I had neglected to announce, which is new since our last call, and that is our celebrating access promotion. And uh, we had asked everyone to name a business in your country that is something that you want to access. And the particular business in the UK was London Transport. And so as a result, folks who are using London Transport, you will get up to 20 minutes either in a train station, uh, getting ready to catch one of the trains, getting to the platform, et cetera, et cetera. Um, or actually, it, when you're on the train, you're getting ready to get off. Um, that's also something we can help with. We won't be there for the entire ride, but we can definitely help you getting in and out of the station, getting the right track. And then we can pick that up once you get out of the station and actually uh, go on your way. But that is 20 minute, a call of up to 20 minutes, one per hour. So you get, can get that bit of assistance with London Transport. And that will run through the end of 2020. So get out there and, and use that and hopefully send Robin some wonderful stories of how you're actually using IRA and what you're learning about it. Because uh, we've had some wonderful interactions with folks in our WhatsApp group, uh, on our email lists, talking about using IRA in daily life in the UK. All right. Well, now it is time for the fun part of our program. We're going to talk from Agent Land. And we have with us today Carla Kane, who is an agent training specialist. She's also a regular IRA agent. And then we have Madison Reese, who is also an IRA agent. And do we have James with us, um, Ryan? We do not. So it's ah, just Carla. No worries. Well, hey, we got Carla and Madison. That's awesome. So, Carla, can you tell us a little bit of what does it take to become an IRA agent? What's the process? that folks will go through. Thanks, Janine. Um, uh, the training team, we like to say that it is harder to get into an Ivy League college than it is to become an IRA agent. <laughs> it is a very selective process. Um, we have an agent uh, hiring manager, Kyle, and he goes out and seeks the talent and kind of vets them and gets them through their first initial uh, like online assessment and uh, interview. And then they get handled 
hand it over to Wendell, who is um, the, I think his title is Agent Training Manager. I'm not 100% sure. Um, I feel bad that I don't know that. But um, he gets them all set up like in all our systems. You know, we are a software company. There's a lot of logins, um, things like that. He also does the introductory um, workshop, you know, kind of get them on board with the vision or mission of IRA, a little bit of the history, um, you know, tips for becoming a good agent. And then they're handed over to me. And uh, training is approximately two weeks. There's lots of Brightspace courses. Brightspace is an online um, learning environment. Um, maybe some of you are familiar if you've done any college courses online. There's a lot of content in there. And then we have an awesome group of Explorer trainers who I've been working with um, for over a couple years. And, um, you know, they hit the streets and they call in, and that's usually the first introduction um, to our new agents for a hands-on. You know, they learned a lot, they've watched videos, they know what all the buttons do, but that first one's always a little nerve-wracking and they really, um, you know, they really ease the agent's tension, they guide them through, give them tips and tricks. Um, I supervise that session and help as well, but they really do the, the hard work out there, kind of putting their uh, navigation and travels into a new agent's hand. Uh, we really appreciate all the hard work that they do with them. Um, and then, uh, so they go through those live training sessions. After they've been on Dash uh, for a while, we put them through what we like to call Agent 2.0, which is um, IRA and above, you know, a little bit more difficult situations, um, some further details that might be a bit overwhelming when they're first uh, coming on. But, you know, after, now that you've been on Dash two weeks, uh, let's tell you about this and this and kind of just add more information to them so that they can be more efficient, uh, better able agents have better problem-solving skills, things like that. And then we also do a navigation and public transit tune-up. Um, navigation and public transit is probably the smallest percentage of what we do, but it is the most difficult thing that an IRA agent does. Uh, a lot of our calls right now are, you know, team viewer, remote into our computer. Can you help me post my college paper? Can you find the discussion thread? Can you help me with my Instacart order or my DoorDash order? Things like that. And, um, you know, that is the main of what we do, especially, you know, during COVID and lockdown. But that uh, navigation requires a lot of different skills. And we really focus on that in initial training. But it's awesome to have that um, kind of tune-up after they've been on there a few weeks. We also open it to our other agents who have been on for three to six months, you know, if they feel oh. like they want to come back in. That way we can keep everybody's skills uh, sharp. And um, also we have... I, I, in addition to that, you know, uh, Agent 2.0 tune-up, there's a really good airport uh, module in there. Airports are also really tricky. We don't get to do those very often. Mm -hmm. I personally love airport calls, um, but it is kind of a tricky, tricky one, so we make sure we go over that. Um, I am currently developing several new small courses, just, you know, team viewer tips and tricks or camera manipulation tips and tricks, uh, different things like that. Um, we welcome any ideas if any of the explorers think that that there's another class that would be helpful or something um, you think that the agents could use more training on, I'd love to hear that. Um, you can send that in. I think, Ryan, do they send it through the care team? They and would, then they'll yes. post it. Okay. So Correct. just let the care team know and they'll make sure they, it gets to us. But um, I've been doing this a couple years. I do have a background in education and this has been an awesome fit for me. I love working with all the new agents and then seeing them progress when they're on calls and get, get uh, really good feedback from different explorers. It's always um, really rewarding. 
Great. One of the things that some of our folks asked, we uh, had folks submit questions prior to uh, today's call, and one of the questions was, how did the uh, the agents learn to read traffic and, and navigate people around the UK whenever the UK came on board? And this is probably a, a good question because for a few years we've had Australia and New Zealand on board with similar kinds of traffic rules, but uh, how was there any special preparation for the UK? There was a special preparation when we launched. All of the agents that were on, um, you know, had a little bit of a review, but we really focused on our overnight agents because, of course, they're the ones that usually will work with uh, UK and Australia. Um, we have a great group of agents that uh, kind of rallied and put together a bunch of documentation. We have one labeled uh, British slang. You know, it's where uh, <laughs> we have things like flannel is a washcloth or chips or french fries that maybe some of us didn't know. And, and that's on quick access. Um, there are uh, some articles that we make sure the overnight agents go through about, you know, quick conversions from feet to inches to meters. Um, you know, that doesn't roll off of my tongue very well, but those overnight agents can switch really quickly. Um, so we have those type of things, examples of street crossings, because a lot of the times in UK, street crossings are offset, not all the way at the corner, um, mm -hmm. like we're accustomed to in the US. So uh, we have pictures of those, explanations, things to look for. Um, also notes like, you know, before you plan a public transit, make sure you know, are they going to be on the north side or the south side? And it's okay to ask the explorer, you know, which, do you know which way traffic uh, travels? And always we encourage that it is the explorer and the agent together. Our agents are brilliant, but sometimes they don't know everything. So, you know, working with them and giving them the information that they need to complete the task is uh, really helpful. As an explorer, you're not being bossy. You're taking control of your session and getting exactly what you want out of it. Great. That is fantastic advice. We're going to come back to Carla in a few and, minutes and here. James, we yes, do have agent, we, we do. Have agent James as well. So I, I saw James <laughs> join us. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to put him on the spot right away. Uh, James, I'm going to ask you a little bit about how you came to Ira and a little bit about yourself. Uh, I came to Ira because one of my family members is blind, and um, they learned of the, uh, they're always on Twitter and learning about new technologies, and um, learned about it um, pretty early on in Ira's existence, and it told me about it. Um, they started using it and really liked it, and then went, I think you would be really good at this too. You've spent your whole <laughs> life describing things, so uh, try it out and apply. And uh, so I did, and um, yeah, it felt like a really natural fit. Uh, and um, it was just really exciting to be a part of a growing company. And uh, really, it's probably the most rewarding job I've ever had. I feel good about what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, That's great. And that I feel like I'm contributing. Uh, That's great. What is your background in before you came to Ira? Uh, so I had training in uh, theater acting, uh, and then I also got into lots of film production. Oh, wow. uh, so that was kind of the world I was living in before. Uh, so, of course, one of my favorite things to do is uh, live descriptions of movies and TV shows and the like, um, since that's kind of that's kind of how my brain is. Brain is. <laughs> Wow, um, sorry about um, that. Sorry folks. about you get to hear my phone in the background. Sorry about that. <laughs> Ourselves for a second. I don't know what happened there. Like, there we go. That was interesting. <laughs> well, wow. So um, that's 
That is a quite an interesting background to come to Ira with, James. Now, we also have Madison Reese with us. Hello, Madison. We'll get you unmuted. And Madison is one of our agents, and we're going to ask you the same questions that we asked James. Uh, how did you come to Ira? What was kind of your your backstory, as it were? We're unmuted. I don't know. Okay. I can't hear you. So when I found there we go. I, because I. Oh, are we on? Yep. yep there on. we go. <laughs> there we go. When I found Ira, it was because my husband is in the Air Force. He flies around in jets all day and has a great time. But we got into the spot where he was in training. So we were moving every year to two years. And so I was just hopping between these jobs that were just really unfulfilling. Like, if you've ever worked at a car dealership, not a great time. (laughs) (laughs) One of the spouses' pages I followed actually posted about this job opportunity and it just, it was a perfect fit. <laughs> we get to wow. move every two years like we need to, and I get to help people and feel good about my job. That is awesome. And Madison is one of our 20% of our agents actually come from military families. So they're usually military spouses, which means that they can be just about anywhere, folks. I know um, people had asked Carla if we have any agents in the UK. Actually, I do not know that off the top of my head because especially these I think we have exactly one. I want to say we have exactly one, if I remember correctly. And I believe she is also a military spouse, I believe. Um, And typically, I know folks have asked if we do recruit agents from other countries, you do have to be a U.S. citizen. And that has to do with some of the really complex rules for um, non-citizens and working abroad, etc., etc. So, um, at this time, it's only U.S. citizens. However, um, you never know down the road, right? Great. So, Carla, let's come back over to you and talk about we we hear about you know agents and they they pull up the computer and they connect what kinds of safety things are in place to protect our information and our privacy during this whole process um yeah so before they even can finish the application process they have to meet a certain set of requirements uh, set up by the uh, company and the agent training team Um, you know those include like a private room headphones um, a room where nobody will come in uh, that type of information Um, you know all the analysts uh, work analysts are the people who manage the teams of agents Um, they work with their agents to make sure that they're also up up Uh, to where they need to be. We also um, have to log in to the IRA dash. Um, That's not something we have access to all the time. We have to log in when our our schedule is on and all that information is in there. Um, Let's see. I I don't know so much about the tech side of how how we secure it. I do know that there's a background check for every agent that that comes through. That's part of the uh, training team's um, requirements that we have to take care of. And... um, Let's see if there's anything else. There's also, while we are agenting, we have things like Google folders that each explorer can have a Google folder made for them with their name on it. And it houses, um, you know, information that may we may need to reference, such as I go back to taking college or university courses, you know, the login, the names of the classes, things like that, so that the explorer doesn't have to tell it all to a um, agent every time they call in. 
sometimes also maybe the explorer is out in public and they said could you just open my folder and the passwords in there they don't want to speak those out loud <laughs> also in the dashboard we uh, every time an explorer calls in they have a unique profile that pops up with their location um you know the time in the area which is really helpful for our uk and australian explorers because <laughs> it's really easy to do the conversion you know say from pacific to eastern but uh you know halfway across the world that's a little more difficult so uh that's there in dash for us whether or not they work with a guide dog or a white cane, uh, what type of preferences they like, uh, which is clock face, left or right, that type of information. Um, we also have their name and a phone number, email, a uh, quick way to, you know, uh, look at that, which is really helpful if, say, we're logging into their Amazon account, we have their email there, that type of stuff. Um, and also some notes. Um, there's a note section just for real quick, like, say, it was the end of my shift and I was uh, transferring off. I could put notes in there, um, date them, and say, this is what we're doing so the next person can get them. Um, or I could put that information in the Google um the the google the explorers google drive say they were going to call back the next day and like and that mm -hmm. would be a better place for that to go so we do uh we really value protecting our explorers and our agents uh privacy and so uh, ira's worked really hard to put some things in place uh to make sure that all of that information is secure Right. And you mentioned the Explorer folder. And folks, that is um, that folder can only be accessed when you're on a call. So that's the only time that folder is open for access. And if you're wondering what can go in there, oh my goodness, anything that you want to keep. There can be appliance manuals in there. You can have your travel itinerary, it, itineraries in there, um, work projects, anything that you may need to reference um, repeatedly or that you'll need to reference at a later date, like a travel itinerary. Uh, pictures of your luggage, that's a really good one for yeah, the uh, airport trips, is getting pictures of that luggage in there so it can be easily discovered. Um, now, people can add these things to their profile, Carla, by just um, simply asking an agent, and you can also go through your profile and edit, right? Yes, uh -huh. you guys can, our explorers can edit their, um, I believe their name, their directions, like, you know, clock face, mm -hmm. uh, left or right, they can have access to edit those. I believe, Ryan, you might need to back me up, but they now can edit their address, like if they move, um, email, if any of that's updated. Is that done by them or does... Correct, yes. So they can that? update their name, address, email, and payment information. Yep. Um, I do not believe you can edit your profile clock face. Yeah, in one not yet. quite yet. Not, not quite, quite yet. yet. We're, we're working um, on that one. But so great. Yeah, so that would be a... Email, uh, phone number, and then payment <laughs> method. Yeah, so that would be a quick call into an agent if you wanted to update that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they, they could take care of that for you. When you call in and have a Google folder, you'll need to let the um, agent know that you would rather have this in your Google folder uh, instead of just the quick notes on your <laughs> profile. Um, to kind of clarify, when you call into Dash, that's our software, there's a profile that pops up immediately when you call in. The Google folders are stored on a secure uh, server that we access. But, um, you know, work with the agent to keep your Google folders um, organized. You know, tell them exactly what you want to label it, where you would like it nested. That way, when you get the next agent, um, you know, you can tell them exactly where to look for it. Um, most of our agents are really, you know, really organized and will keep it as, you know, organized as you want them to. But we have some explorers who have like 
25 subfolders with a whole bunch <laughs> of, you know, daily notes on different yep. documents. And they're really engaged in keeping that super organized. Those are the ex same explorers that, you know, they have taught us so much about what IRA can do. We thought once upon a time, we would just be a navigation service. Oh, nay, nay. We are so much more. <laughs> and those yep. same explorers who, uh, you know, push us with the uh, Explorer folders have taught us so many things with team viewers, shopping online, um, doing classes, uh, working with them, you know, in their work environments, especially, you know, the first few times they've had to log in to the secure server, say they are working for home. Um, Ira has been there and we've learned so much and um, you have really kind of stretched us on, on what we can do and it's been awesome. Yeah, that's really been um, something that, you know, this company has really been shaped by what people do with the combination of people and software. And with the pandemic also, you know, that social distancing piece is super important. That knowing whether people around you are wearing masks, um, if they need to in an environment, find out, you know, who, who you need to back off from a little bit, uh, if not properly uh, wearing their PPE. Um, now, I want I want to go back to our two agents and we'll start with Madison. What would you say was the, the most difficult part of maybe your training or agenting? And then we'll go with what, it, what was a fun IRA experience, but let's go with the difficult part first. I think the most difficult part for me is just like the detail, detailed describing, whereas I might say, oh, it's blue. I have to remember, no, that is specifically cerulean. Uh -huh. Or that is a more pinky nude or more brown nude and like getting those very specific details that I've had at my fingertips my whole life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I think I also really just, I struggle with distances. Mm -hmm. So like you're coming up to a corner in 10 feet, but I don't know if that's actually 10 feet. I'm just guessing. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and sometimes that's a little more difficult too with the phone camera and the rate that somebody's moving too. I could see that could be a little, a little interesting. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm a perfectionist, so I want to be right. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Gotcha. So how about some of your memorable experiences with Ira? My most memorable experience was I helped a young lady who had just gotten Ira, and she was very excited about it. And she wanted to go to Pride on her own for the first time. Oh, So yeah. I helped her get on the train. Yeah, it was really fun. I helped her get on the train and like we got to the correct stop and then we went up all the stairs and we finally got to the destination and just describing everything and all the colors and oh, it was wow. just so fun and she was so excited. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And to help somebody really feel included in an event like that, um, that's just that's really huge. I love that story. It's, it's not the first time I've heard that one and I just love it every time I hear it. My favorite part was her being like, my mom would be so mad at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Well, James, how about you? What was probably the most difficult aspect or the one that was the hardest to get used to with Ira and then some of your great experiences? Uh, one of the challenges I found uh, at the start was um, uh, 
helping plan and figure out public transit, especially uh, subways and things like that, because that is just a maze being on the right platforms and uh, going the right way. Um, doesn't happen too, too often on calls, but uh, it's still, my heart skips a beat when I see that's what we're about to do. It's like, here we go. But, um, uh, you know, I mean, the, the web definitely helps, uh, and there's lots of great ways to uh, figure out where they're at and everything. Um, so, yeah. And then <laughs> I still struggle, like Madison was saying, with uh, getting precise color descriptions. I've had a number of makeup calls recently that I went, uh, it's pink, but <laughs> what type of pink? Uh, so still even, uh, yeah, there's, there's always things you're kind of honing skills on. Um, and uh, it's it's always fun challenges that uh, explorers present to us. And again, I think with the phone cameras, when we can break the color um, conundrum uh, that phone cameras present, because colors definitely do not look the same in person as they do through a phone camera. Yeah, exactly. Um, I love that we can turn on the flashlight because that definitely I've suddenly realized something. Oh, that I thought that was black and suddenly it's navy blue and it would not have matched. (laughs) Trying to put together an outfit or something. Yeah. So how about some, some, some of your more memorable experiences? Uh, One that I thought was really cool. A, um, an explorer used the uh, live function where they went live uh, so others could listen into the description. Um, they set this one to private, so it was just a, a, it wasn't shared with the entire community, but they gave it uh, gave that code to different folks, and I got to describe a wedding, Ooh. and it was really sweet and lovely, and um, I didn't really know what their relation was um, to the bride and groom until afterwards when it turned out they were the groom's father oh it was like whoa this was way more special than (laughs) just someone attending uh, a wedding but then also to see that um i think there was about seven people listening in on that uh and to realize like this was spreading that uh moment um across to do all those listening and um how uh, they probably wouldn't have gotten to experience experience that that moment otherwise. Um, so that felt oh. special to be a part of. Wow, I love that. Um, and I'll ask both of you: um, Have you taken? Because one of the fun things that people love to do with Ira is take pictures. So, um, what are some of the fun pictures that you guys have have helped people take? That's kind of a surprise question. <laughs> So I just last week helped someone take pictures of their new baby puppy. Oh, it was the cutest, (laughs) perfect puppy I've ever seen. Oh my gosh. I'm a dog lover. So I love that one. (laughs) I was just going to say as someone who has had you guys take a zillion pictures of my kitten, I I get it. Well, so I did that, and I've also taken pictures of a guide pony, and that was just like, ah, oh, yes. Oh, oh, how cool. Now, that's cool. I, I have to... <laughs> that's very neat. I, I am glad to see that we have an explorer who has a guide horse. That's really cool. 
Awesome. That was the I only guy I've seen in this job, but it <laughs> made my life. <laughs> there are many of them, but uh, there are a few, definitely. I've actually seen a guy. You know, like, I haven't yet to actually see a guide horse. So that's, uh, that's, I've that's seen a couple of them, actually, up close and personal. Got to, you know, touch them and check out their harness and everything. And it is one of the methods that a few people have to use due to allergies or religious kinds of issues with dogs. And so the guide horse, uh, the miniature horse becomes the the tool of choice and they're quite good at it when you get a good one so yeah it's pretty interesting how about you james any any interesting pictures <laughs> i've definitely had the challenge of trying to get a, uh, a playful kitten oh boy <laughs> i don't know that we got a really good one but <laughs> it was a really fun challenge um one thing uh, just from my filmmaking background that really warms my heart lately is that I've been helping people set up like framing for filming their own YouTube channels ah, and stuff yes. like that. It's like, yes, that's so awesome that uh, people are, are, I mean, able to to do that and then to, to assist in um, getting that looking really good um, is just point of pride on this. Oh, that's, that's really cool. I love that. Carla, I'm going to bounce back to you for one of our final questions here. And this involves what tools the agents use. What maps do they use to find out where you are in time and space? And what are some of the other tools that agents use? Because, I mean, these agents are rock stars slash superheroes. What? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about their superpowers. Well, speaking of superpowers, I have two teenage boys and, you know, kind of describing what I do. If anybody has seen the new Superman, they said, you are the guy in the chair. I'm the backup for the superhero. I'm the backup Ooh. for, you know, the spy. I have the information. I have the the coordinates. I have all of that stuff. And they think it's really awesome. Um, they say that IRA agents could go on and be, um, you know, the person sitting back in Batman's lair, guiding cool. Batman to where he needs to go. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, we use. Um, they so could though. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Yes. <laughs> From one geek family to another, we yeah, totally understand absolutely, that. Absolutely, right? <laughs> See, I always wanted to be M from James Bond. I just wanted to be. Was it M? Was the or Q? Q was the lady who did the Q, technology. It was Q. Yes. 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 Yeah. It was Q. That yeah. that is us. <laughs> um, we the dash itself has lots of awesome features um, in the dash as soon as an explorer calls uh, their GPS will pinpoint them on the map we can see where they're located it's usually close up to about um, 50 feet. And that works, you know, most 90% of the time. If for someone the GPS is not working, if they're um, maybe in a city that might be having a uh, you know, phone outage that sometimes can be tricky, but then we, you know, we, we go to the internet. Uh, Google is definitely our friend. Our maps and dash are very similar to the maps on Google. Um, and so uh, when the call and dash, they can type in the destination, Hey, I want to go to Starbucks and we'll type in Starbucks and all these pins will show up and then we can figure out which one's closest or maybe they have a, a direct address. Um, agents will look ahead, kind of look at the route. Um, of course, when there's construction, uh, that's when we rely on the camera feed and then we hit the map. We'll open up Google Maps on maybe another monitor or another window and kind of find a way around that. Um, we can drop into Street View and see what the front of a shop looks like. Um, so as the Explorer travels, we'll recognize, oh, the black and white striped awning that I saw on the company's website is the one that I'm seeing through your camera. Um, 
there's the door, that type of stuff. Um, as they're in route, we can look ahead and see, especially with COVID, is this particular restaurant or shop open? You know, uh, it's yes. really discouraging to get all the way there and realize it's not. So we definitely will use, um, you know, those skills as they're traveling and, and look ahead. Uh, as they're headed to restaurants, you know, uh, would you like me to pull up the menu and go over that with you as you're in the Uber or Lyft headed over? Uh, we can do that. Also with Uber and Lyft, um, we can read the uh, uh, license plates on the front or back and confirm that, you know, as an extra safety measure for our explorers. Sometimes it happens and your, your Uber or Lyft will drop you off three blocks away. They call us, um, we'll pinpoint their location and get them, you know, headed in the correct direction. Um, that can sometimes be scary. Or even in large apartment complexes, like they drop me off at the apartment <laughs> complex. I don't think I'm at the right side. <laughs> and we can get them those last... <laughs> Everybody's experienced that. Yeah, we can get in the last few. Mine's uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ryan's in a large apartment <laughs> complex. Yes, that, that would be hard. And so then we can read the buildings, take pictures, um, you know, that type of stuff. So uh, those are some of the tools uh, that we use. Uh, we do have um, a special kind of database of special IRA agent information that all of the agents have together. Those lists of, you know, British slang and street crossings that's in that database um, that's continually growing and updating um, when the agent gets a new piece of information. Uh, I think James is mentioning color. There's a whole color and pattern and material in there. Um, if somebody's, you know, has an explorer that really is fashion conscious, is this houndtooth or this checkered? Is this a tweed or is this a linen? Um, you know, we can use those resources in there. Um, Somebody called once and wanted to know whether or not uh, denim went with khaki. And um, I quickly Googled that and I was able to list, well, it looks, I see all these famous people wearing the denim and the khaki together. And they wanted to know more details about that and how they tucked it in and things like that, that maybe, you know, wouldn't be visually accessible if you didn't have Ira to describe, um, you know, what, uh, say, this famous rapper wore and how they paired the orange jacket with a certain shirt, those type of things. Um so those are all the tools that we we use uh and uh we get so good at googling information ira agents oh, yeah. are brilliant we don't know everything but google almost for certain does and we'll find that um you know i one time i really impressed an explorer they were getting off a flight and didn't know what gate the connection was and there's tools online to find that okay you're flying mm -hmm. delta and you just got off here and you know that you're going to be flying to des moines and so i will look that up and i was able to get gate information and now these are things that i use in my life my kiddo also will call me on facetime and say can you ira me real quick i don't know what is the entrance to the uh <laughs> the parking lot that i need so um you know, those same skills that I developed as an IR agent, I also use in my own life too, which has been really cool. Brilliant. <laughs> I'd say that the other secret tool is that we're all in constant connection with each other. So we've uh, posed questions and gotten answers sometimes even faster than uh, Googling things. Wow. Um, I think it's really cool that <laughs> we can all communicate uh, when we're on too. That is pretty awesome. Well, my final question today came from one of our explorers, and it is, how can we as explorers get the most out of our call? How can we help you uh, do, you know, that great job that you all do? What kinds of things can we do to uh, help that, help the call go a little bit more efficiently and whatnot? And anybody can jump in here on this one. Yeah, I'd say being 
knowing what your your task is before calling in and being prepared with that, having the mail all together or, um, yeah, pre-opening things, trying to position stuff if you can feel a tag, uh, like the, the package slip or something, just getting it prepared because uh, uh, you don't want to, I don't know, it's not wasting our time or anything, but it's just like the efficiency of having those things uh, prepped when you call in um, saves your own time, I'd say. How about lighting? Um, is lighting a bit, I'm one of these people, I always forget to turn on the light. Always, always. <laughs> Especially light in my been office. a huge issue for me. <laughs> Usually the flashlight can get it done pretty well, or like there's typically a window nearby which when someone's worried about lighting. I think the biggest issue for me is just patience and understanding that like sometimes it just takes a minute to get it done. And I'm so sorry, mm -hmm. I can't magically see through this item. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... One of the larger questions we get in customer care, um, is there a difference for you guys between landscape view and portrait view with the phones? Yes, especially when you're navigating. I think it just depends on the situation. Like if it's a sign up high, sometimes putting it into portrait mode will get more of that angle. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, I can do it either way. Ah. I have yeah, to I'm echo that with Madison too. I'm sorry, James, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say I'm pretty comfortable with with uh, using uh, landscape or portrait mode, um, both in navigating or, um, yeah, you just tell people to move the phone around. Uh, however, mm -hmm. so whatever's really comfortable, I think, um, for holding the phone. Okay. I have another... Um you know, to, to make calls more efficient. Uh, with a lot of the online shopping and Instacart and things like that, having an agent remote into your computer with TeamViewer is usually more efficient because your computer will already have the logins and the password saved. Um, we absolutely can open up, a, you know, an incognito window and get your login information and your password, and then it usually has to send you a code that you verify, and then we can type that in. We absolutely can get that done. But I encourage um, all the explorers listening, download TeamViewer. It's free for you. It is a tool that we use to remote in. You call in. We take a quick picture of the numbers, type them in, click connect. Uh, click connect and then we're in that way um, like especially with university classes you know all your papers are already written there you can help us we can find them and upload them and they're all on your computer and um, for those of you who have never tried using it uh, try that that really makes it a lot easier and then all the work is done on your computer instead of us emailing it to you and you needing to find another way to organize that information that we send you and TeamViewer is free, folks. We have a couple of podcasts about how to work with TeamViewer, um, both on your computer and on your phone. And you can find those in our podcast feed at IraCast. And if you look up IraCast in your podcast player of choice, you can find all of our episodes up there, including this one, which will be archived and put up into our podcast feed probably uh, as early as this afternoon. So uh, actually afternoon here, it'll be uh, later in the evening in the UK. I would love to thank everyone who participated today in our call. And that includes Carla Kane. Thank you for having me. Nice to meet all of you. And agents, James Pound. My pleasure. And Madison Reese. Very happy to be
Great. And we also want to thank Robin Spinks from RNIB for being with us, Troy Attilio, our CEO, and Ryan Bishop, my co-pilot here on the Spaceship IRA. <laughs> spaceship IRA this time. I love it. There we go. Thank we are, so we are Spaceship it's, IRA. It's such yeah. a great, uh, great time to be here with everybody. Hi, Gay. Yes, and and it's amusing because in our uh, former IRA offices, we used to have an area where we did our our staff meetings called the spaceship. So that's where there were some uh, nice couches there too. Uh, there say. were some <laughs> very nice couches there, <laughs> and they are still there. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Troy, for uh, joining us today. And everybody in the UK, please enjoy IRA and be sure to reach out to RNIB about your uh, usage and where you would like to see IRA next. Great. Well, our next UK call will be on, and I should do this for you guys too. I'm going to grab my calendar. Oh, it's time for the Braille calendar. Yay. Here's my Braille calendar. Hold that up on YouTube. Whoops. There we go as I eat my microphone. And our next UK call in September, make sure I'm on the right month here. That is going to be on Thursday, the... 17th of September at the same time, 6 p.m. I don't know if that'll be British summertime then or not. I'm going to have to look at the time difference at that point. But um, I forgot that changes. Yes, I was going to no. say. <laughs> never fear. Well, we will be at the same time, whatever it will be, either 6 or 7. Um, let's see, spring ahead, fall back, 6 or 5. Fall if back. you guys do it the same yeah, way, fall it is yeah, fall back. <laughs> so I believe it'll be 5 o'clock. Possibly, unless your summertime changes a lot later, like ours does. So, anyway, never fear. We will have an announcement out. Uh, this has been Janine Stanley, your Explorer Community Manager. Until next time, thanks for watching us here with Ira. Take care, everyone.